whole army drowned there. And so they're singing and dancing, and then a little bit down, it's, you know, they were complaining again. And that, what does that tell us in life? Stop complaining. Stop murmuring. Stay with God. Even if it looks hard at times, stay with Him. Don't leave. Stay. Stay in the things of God. You're going to hear more about that again as I share today. And so that's a sign for us. Uh, as uh, Jesus was celebrating that uh, Passover, this is what happened. He wa- why would He celebrate that? Because He wants everybody to be identifying with that. All the disciples that were there that day. And so when they got up, they sang a hymn. What hymn? The 118th Psalm, which contains in it, This is a day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And Jesus was singing that or speaking that uh, at the end of the supper and knowing in a a week or two, he's going to be whipped, beaten, betrayed, lashed, all these horrible things that on the cross, you name it, separated from the Father. Yet he was singing that in reference to don't ever let the, the Joshua 1.8, don't let the word depart from you. Always be joyful. Always rejoice. You can't see it yet? It's going to be good. Stay with good. Put the foot on the gas. Keep it good. Keep smiling. Keep rejoicing. Hallelujah. Amen. So he wants you to identify. He says, now take, uh, take uh, this bread. He t- broke it, and they're all looking. What's he doing? This is my body. It was broken for you. Why would that be? Well, you'll see in about two weeks. They're going to beat the daylights out of me. 49 stripes. uh, No, 39 stripes. 39 stripes. And there's going to be 39 categories of diseases. And every one of those I'm bleeding for right now. I'm going to absorb it. So here's my back. Two weeks down the road. He's giving an example. Here's my back. Here's my back. And so, boom, 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 39 stripes. 40 would have killed them. And uh, that's what the Romans figured all the time. That's why they kept it at 39. And, and so he says, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. In other words, I'm taking you out of the world. I'm making you my own. I, you're mine, and I'm you. I'm going to live in you. I'm going to move in you. And so I want a healthy temple. And so sickness and disease... Must go now in Jesus' name. Anything in your mind, in your physical body, I'm telling you, maybe you're just passive about it. Maybe you're, uh, you know, well, my uncle had it, whatever. Get, get before the cross and say, Jesus, see the stripes. See it. Visualize him saying, ah, that was for cancer. Ah, that was for diabetes. Ah, you know, all the whippings that he took. So that you may be whole. Why would I want that? Because I want a long life, Psalm 91, that I may show forth his glorious praises and his works. Amen? Let's partake of that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that word. Thank you for revelation. Right now, I could break forth with about 10 healing miracles, some in my own family. Hallelujah. Praise God. But we move on. Thank you, Lord. At the same time, he took the cup, said, this is my blood. The life is in the blood. And this is the blood of a king that was spilt. When that blood was spilt on the cross, it had no human DNA in it. It was, uh, oh, sorry, it had 
it had uh, uh, half, like it had from the mom, uh, and because God uh, obviously isn't uh, in the physical like that. And so he shed his blood. So when we partake of that, we're partaking of his divine nature. We remember that. The life is in the blood. We're partaking of who he is. The Bible talks, read it, Romans 17. He didn't want a little people over here. Well, you're from planet Earth. I've got Mars over here with little Martians. And over here is Earthlings. And they're, they're another tribe. And then here's the Martians. And, and here's the... No, 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 no. There's one Earth. There's man on that planet. And he became uh, man. He stripped himself of everything that, that made him equal with God up there. He came down, took on a body, which is Christmas, and laid it down for us so that when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we become different. We, we partake of the divine nature. Say that with me. You partake of the divine nature. So if your your um, family is not born again, you are now different. You're lifted up, in, not in pride, don't get me wrong. You're lifted up because Jesus lifted you with divine nature. He came in full. See, I don't feel any, I don't look any different. It's not based on physical. It's based on you accepting the word and the word working mightily in you. I'm no longer who I used to be. I'm changed. Let's partake of the blood. Father, thank you for forgiveness of sin and making me a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Anybody have a good testimony from over Christmas? Somebody got saved. Somebody got healed. Sean? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Anybody? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, we had a great time in Dallas uh, with our daughter. We're so excited to see how she uh, is involved and her husband and in a, in a church down there. There's nothing more exciting than to see people uh, that are, are uh, working for the Lord. And when it's your own kids, it's just amazing. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So that's a good testimony. We, we were safe and travel. I noticed when he, <laughs> I said to Lynn, I said, yeah, we hit Dallas. I mean, literally, the guy, I was looking out the side when I thought, I've never seen an approach like that. I mean, he's coming down like this here. And when he hit the runway, everybody shrieked. I thought he was going to go through it. I would have inspected that plane after it was done. It was such a hard hit. Of, uh, you know. We had to wait for this pilot as he was coming in from another flight. So I thought maybe, maybe he didn't do his pre-trip properly or wasn't used to the airplane. But, but anyways, we're here and healthy and believe in God's divine protection. Why? Because we're saved. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm calling this word today. What am I calling it? I'm calling it pressing on. Pressing on, which is a motion, which is, you see it in sports, pressing, you know, the press, or you see it in, the, you know, hockey, whatever. You see it in basketball, pressing on. And I want to take you to a wonderful book in the Bible, Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. 
where it states in chapter 3, and I want to thank Jared for jumping in this morning. Uh, pray for uh, Mr. Tom and Renee. Ashton's got an operation tomorrow, so they're down in Vancouver, but uh, they'll be back. So I'm not quite sure what the operation is, but uh, just lift them up. They're your family. Say they're our family. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So the Bible says in uh, Philippians chapter 3, I press on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. He's calling us where? Upward. upward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to start with that just first and then put a little background on that. It's exciting to know when this was written. This was not Paul sitting by a poolside um, you know, sipping martinis, alcohol-free, by the way, and, um, and eating crackers. Paul is, every time he's writing one of these epistles, he is found in jail. He's, got, well, he's probably got a monopoly board where he's got a get-out-of-jail-free card. You know, he's been there so many times in, the, in jail that uh, I, he's probably got a bag pack saying, okay, another, the police is at the door. Here's my jail bag. Let's go again, you know, into j prison. And so you would think, just like the time when they, they got thrown in with Paul and Silas, you would think that he would, after all these jail times, that he would finally say, you know, God, this isn't worth it. This sucks, if I can use that word over the pulpit. This is dumb. You know, I thought, the, the, you know, I thought everything was going to be roses and stuff. And uh, I, I believe God would have told him if you would have complained that remember when I knocked you off your horse, when you were killing Christians, when you were doing all that you were doing, that you're going to pay a price for this here. You're the spearhead to bring the glorious gospel, the, the wonderful gospel. It's a, still a glorious gospel. God never said you're going to be thrown in jail and that's, that's the, the fate of all Christians. It was for the Apostle Paul and he pulled him over and said, Paul, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to be thrown in jail and, uh, or, or suffer, the Bible says in, when he got thrown off his horse. You're going to suffer for this. But I'm going to show you the third heaven. I'm going to give you all the equipment necessary for you to overcome this here. And so he's sitting in jail again, uh, writing, I'm pressing on to the mark of the high calling. He already had everything previously. He had wealth. He had, uh, they believe, a family uh, uh, that left him. They, he had prestige. He had everything. And he said, I considered all manure, uh, you know, to all these worldly things. Now, again, this is 2024. And I don't want to sound like I'm poo-pooing all your resolutions. Maybe you, hey, I'm going to get a new car this year. I'm going to get a house this year. I'm going to get, uh, you know, this and this and that. And so, praise God, I join my faith with you. I'm going to believe God that the best is going to happen for you this year. Let's start right today. You know, you believing for a car? I'm believing with you. Believing for a house? I'm believing with you. I'm believing for souls to be one? I'm believing with you. Your family, your neighbors, all that. Let's, so we're not, we've we got to keep that. We've got to stay in the realm of positivity, um, which, which, again, we're not into positive thinking. It looks alike. We're word thinkers. And I, I shared with you how the word of God opens parts of your brain that just regular words won't do. The word of God and praying in the spirit. There's another area of your brain that is only activated when you pray in the spirit. And so uh, praise God. You keep that switch of faith turned on. Maybe you're believing God for your healing.
uh, whatever it is, praise God. We're standing with you. I want you 100% healthy. To, uh, a few days ago, I started fasting again from 6 to 6. And uh, it's a time of discipline, putting my flesh under and praying. Not just fasting, but praying too. Spending that time, walking the floor, praying, getting direction, and uh, you know, get, hearing God. If he says, stop this or do this or whatever, I want to hear it. Amen? And so uh, and one of the side benefits is going to be healthful. I'm believing God for something very special myself too. So be in agreement. I'm going to be from this to the feet 100% well. I'm believing that. I'm declaring it uh, before you, and I put my, my stake in the ground that this is going to be. Amen. Hallelujah. And so from that jail cell, Paul is writing this encouraging letter to the church. He's got uh, Ephroditus. Uh, he's writing to the church of the Philippians. In, I want you to understand this here. Now, again, you may have had a, a lousy 2023. Uh, let's leave that behind because the Bible says, pressing on to the mark, uh, forgetting what was behind. So that's in every area. Uh, don't come and talk to me about, oh, I'll tell you, everything went wrong last year. Well, we're not in last year anymore. We're now. We're now. We're moving on to the high calling. We're uh, days closer to the coming of the Lord. And we're living his victory from the first coming. Hallelujah. That's where we got to live. I'm getting ready for heaven, like he says, to the high calling, the prize of the high calling. There is prizes going to be given out. And I'm not in your lane. You're not in my lane. We're not running against each other, but we are running a race. I'm not pastor running a race in your congregation watching me run. Come on. I, I, I remember that video we showed the other day where there's two girls um, that had the same disease, Lyme's disease, and one of them was like that, and the other one uh, took it and ran. Well, if you're the one that's just kind of sitting there saying, why didn't it happen to me? Get ready for a boot. Come on. Get ready. We're pushing on. Let's get uh, everything out that was negative and that wasn't um, of God, whatever. Because I see a guy sitting here in jail, and he could again, again, complain. Again, why do I have to cheer up the Philippians? Why do I have to... See how they're doing. And he does. Look at chapter 2. He's constantly, I'm in joy. And, you know, I hope you guys are all working together. And Ephroditus got healed. And, you know, I'm encouraging you <coughs> as he's sitting in a jail cell smelling human feces. And all these ugly things that were happening. I don't think the jailers were nice to him. I, all this pressure to stop. Anybody ever get pressure to stop? Is it worth? The Bible talks about, about uh, even um, Solomon when he fell, it, uh, and he did fall, when, when everything was going right for him, and God says, I'm going to give you, because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you riches and all that kind of stuff. But then all of a sudden, uh, he got involved with, uh, what was it, 700, uh, all these uh, women from different colors and all that kind of stuff, and he went downhill fast. And so then he's writing, you know, there's no use to living under the sun and everything's blah, blah, and all that kind of stuff. Ecclesiastes, is, it's, a, it's a hard book to read. But if you read it from this perspective, I don't want to be that guy. I'm not that guy. I'm not the one that had it all. And then, you know, just all of a sudden, no, there's no use. And, well, well, you know, the sinners get away with things. And, and what, what's the use of serving God? Don't be that person. 
We're pressing on to the mark of high calling. So again, I take from a man that could complain that everything seems to be going wrong, and I want to learn from him. Amen. So what would he do? We're going to stay here for a little bit in Philippians chapter 3. Well, let's start in verse 10. It says, for my determined purpose, Philippians 3.10. I'll give you a chance. I'm not going to be so fast to find it in your Bibles. If this, There it is. Write it down. This is what he determined. So he's sitting in the jail cell, and he's making a determined effort right now. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may know him, that I may be progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Amen. Perceiving, recognizing, understanding the wonders of his person. And so, um, through the Word of God, you become acquainted with Him. The Word of God, praying. If, you, if there's no Word base in you, you won't hear the, know the voice of God when He says, you know, I'm, uh, I'm this and this and that. And you say, whoa, that doesn't fit with the Bible. That must have been the voice of the devil. But when you put the Word of God in, spend that time and say, um, His mercy endures forever. Now you got a foothold on part of the character of God. Look up the names of God. How do you get to know him better? You start, oh, he's a merciful God. To me as a believer, not, uh, well, to sinners, again, he welcomes everybody to come in, and he is merciful, but to a child, I already stated, his thoughts towards me. So if you ever have thoughts of, uh, let's say, does God really love me? Um, oh, Take, go to the beach. Go to the Okanagan beach. Take one grain of sand and pick it out and think a thought. God um, sent his son to save me. Healing, safety, soundness, deliverance. Next grain of salt. Because the Bible says his thoughts toward you are more than the sand on the beach. And so think of how much sand there is. And, and he is, that, that, that you, could, you just basically fall back on your face and say, oh, I didn't think it was so good. I didn't think you were so good. But you get to know his character. Oh, his loving kindness is better than life. You start to know him. So Paul says, I'm pressing in. I know this jail cell stinks, but I'm pressing in. I want to know him. Guess what happens when you know him? When the jailer starts yelling at you, it's like, <laughs> you know. When, when nothing seems, seems to be working out, angels are working behind the scenes. When I hold my peace, then the Lord will fight my battles. I think Paul wrote, when I hold my peace, the Lord fights my battles. So what am I going to do? I'm going to be a peace holder. I'm going to hang. So that's, the, God wants you to know that. Because in John 17, he says, uh, well, what about the joy factor? John 17, Jesus says, okay, Father, I only do what you uh, do and say what you say. So right now, I'm giving them bundles of joy. Overwhelming, uh, the word says joy, joy unspeakable. Have we even scratched that one? Have we come close to that? Joy unspeakable. Hey, your house is burning down. <laughs> Joy unspeakable. What are you going to do? <laughs> you laugh, but uh, when, when I was going to full gospel businessman as a, uh, early 20s, there was a story of a man. He was a Norwegian, 
and um, put all his money into a, a sawmill. And one day he's coming, driving down the road, flames all over the place, everything burning up. All his investment is gone. But he knew his God. He scratched into that higher joy, unspeakable. Someone says, what did you do? He said, I just laugh. I just laugh. What are you going to do? Blow out your ticker? Pull out your hair? What you got left? What we going to do? Why not? I got to know God. I got to pull higher. Amen. Hallelujah. For my determined purpose is that I may know him. Know his voice. Know his character. It's not difficult. It's not difficult. You will hear little voices. Uh, we heard that last night. We were listening to a great preacher. And there's a voice of the doctor that it'll either be God's or the devil's. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll either agree with God or, you know, or, or often it's like, you know, well, you know, um, you know, you're, you got six months left to live. You got to put that in file 13 right away. That's not God's voice. Immediately, the character of God, if it's planted inside of you, should arise and combat anything that comes against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of knowing God. The knowledge of what God would say, what God would do in this situation. So I'm not, I'm not good at listening to complaining and all that kind of stuff. I, I want to, uh, you to understand that God has already got the answer for you. Get to know his character. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So for my determined person is that I may know him. I'm reading this again on purpose that I may progressively become... Um, more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving, recognizing, understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. So watch this here, that I may understand the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Now this is written by the Apostle Paul who goes on in the next few verses to say, I have not understood it all either yet. He wasn't a super giant, everything going good, but he's making choices. Daily choices, jail choices. I'm telling you, that, that I've never been in jail. I'm not saying I uh, understand that all, but there's, it's not a very nice place to be. They don't have the remote control and sit back and you're lazy boy and you get three, three fattening meals a day. This was tough sledding. T time to press in and say, why am I here? And you better hear, he better hear, and he did, the voice on the inside. Remember, Paul, you're spirit-hitting the church. You're coming out of this. I didn't put you in here. You're coming out. Did he come out? Yes. Romans chapter 15 says, The aged Paul came in the fullness of the blessings. The blessings of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow. Jail is sorrow. So going through stuff, coming out. Going through stuff, coming out. There with, that's why the he could say, whatever my state is, I'm going to be content. Now, God didn't say, you know, uh, I, I, some people stay there and say, well, you know, that's going to be humble and stay in a little shack and that. Is that what you want? Is that what God wants? You may have been put into that kind of a situation momentarily, but everything's changing. This is 2024. It's changing. 
Stop looking back. Stop complaining. Stop being joyless. Stop. I'm not looking at anybody in particular. I'm looking at my own life. I just happen to be, stop, you know, whoever I can't see in the camera. You know, because we don't want to stay in those situations. Amen. And so it says, I will continue verse, verse 10, that I may, may in some way come to know the power outflow from his resurrection, which is ex in exerted over believer. There's a power outflow from his resurrection. What is that all about? Well, Romans 8 talks about it. Uh, uh, Mark chapter 16. These signs will follow the believers. The resurrection. I heard somebody say, uh, I want to grab by the throat and pull her in through the screen. Do you think you're more righteous than Noah? No. Um, no. Noah's righteousness was totally different. He never had the new birth like us. Our righteousness is all about Jesus. So I'm like... Read your Bible, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, it, it's the doctrine was so messed up. This new life that began, Isaiah chapter 61, Isaiah chapter 61, um, Isaiah 61 to 3. This is a new day. This is a new life. We are living uh, different than anybody before the blood of Jesus was shed. 100% different. A new covenant based on better promises. That by these we might obtain a divine nature. Hallelujah. So we got better promises. Which exert what happened? The power of his resurrection. See, right there it was offered. I'll read it again. It says that I may in some way come to know the power outflow from his resurrection. Power outflow from his resurrection. When he ro rose from the dead, oh, I heard this the other day. There's a young lady with blonde hair that sings, a very popular, fills out stadiums. Um, her last name is Swift. You know who I mean? People all, oh, you know, they, she's got a song out there. And in that song, it's like the other one that says, when I get on stage, uh, a name, uh, it gives a satanic name, takes over. And you can see her countenance change. I'm telling you, it's time to press in. Press into the market. Guard your heart. I, I probably won't get there today. Proverbs chapter 4. Guard your heart. Don't listen to that stuff. And so this other one, uh, she's got a song out. And in the song, they slowed it down and said, He took my keys away. And then it says, names of the person says, She died. So in the song, the demon is speaking and complaining that Jesus took the keys away. And that the person singing has already died, is dead while she sings. These, and, and people, they, they flock to these concerts. But I'll tell you what, the, everything that is of the world is an open portal to demons. And you have to understand uh, there's this one gentleman that was opening for a rapper. I've shared this before. And now the Lord opened his eyes in a vision. And every time he saw the rapper uh, perform and sing a song, there were spirits that were coming out of him and going into the people, and they would change. They would act differently. And so these people that are doing it, and they're doing it openly now. They're wearing satanic attire. 
they're wearing, I'll tell you one thing, all these guys are hyped up on NFL football and the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl halftime shows are nothing but uh, satanic rituals. I don't know, I'd rather turn it off. I have a, I, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, I used to watch uh, boxing. I heard, um, well, I watched a little bit the other day and I, it, it, I said to my grandkids, I says, you realize about 12 or 13 boxers die every year? They die. And we're sit, would Jesus sit there with me and like, hey, whoa. Would Jesus sit there and uh, like NFL or whatever, would Jesus sit there, even the WWE? Uh, my dad and I used to watch it. Now you can't watch it because of the sexual content in WWE. But how many of those have died? And I'm going to be entertained by that? I, I did a ritual way back then. It was eight tracks uh, where I... I took all my eight tracks and burned everything that was worldly. Threw everything away because I understood that back then and I understand it now. I want every door closed that is open to the enemy. That was as a teenager. So I, you know, go back to sports. I, th I think of, uh, okay, I, I, I admire some of the bodybuilders and stuff like that. And, you know, I thought, and, but what they go through and uh, to impress an audience and then die. There's one I'm thinking about. Uh, he comes on in a commercial kind of way. And there's nothing but swear words and all that kind of stuff. Uh, massive. Died at the age of 46. As far as I know, without Jesus. Without Jesus. And that goes through me all the time. Because he's very, uh, like one of these really aggressive, nasty, swearing type. And just for worldly fame, you blow up. And so I'm s sitting there watching this. I've got to stop everything. I've got to judge myself. I've had sin in my life. I've got to judge. Stop. Stop everything to the press in to the mark of the high calling. Deal with that sin, but deal with the negativity too. Um, look like Jesus. Read Romans chapter, um, John chapter 17. It's wonderful to see. Let's move on here with the Apostle Paul. He says... Uh, um, to finish that verse is that I may so share his suffering as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness. This is the last part of verse 10. I'll read that again. That uh, I may so share his suffering. What does that mean? Share. Oh, give me, give me half of those 39 stripes. That's not what it means. It means you, if, if two, He's the one that brings the 39 stripes of healing to the table. Now, I accepting what he has done is me sharing it. Amen? Me sharing, hey, can you carry the gospel for me? I'm calling you to carry the gospel. I'll gladly take that, my Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Sharing, becoming a partaker of that. And he says that I may uh, so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed so he's not totally there yet in spirit and his likeness even to his death in the hope. Verse 11, that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me, say lifts me, out from among the dead or the dead people even while in this body. The Bible calls those that are around us spiritually dead. So he's saying, my hope is I get 
I get lifted up, not in pride, in Jesus, serving Jesus, doing Jesus as well, being different than the world. Um, so important. Amen? If that we want, I, I'm wanting that for you, the desire to uh, flow uh, in, why? why? How did I start this? Verse 14, I press on towards the goal to win the supreme heavenly prize. Not my prize. You're not getting mine. I'm not getting yours. But there is a prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. He's calling us upward. And then he goes on, verse 12. Let's go back there. Not that I have attained this idea or am already made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of and grasp. That's what I'm encouraging you today. Let's grasp this in a higher level. Let's stop what is be so easily beset up. Grasp and make my own that for which Christ Jesus the Messiah has laid hold of me and made me his own. Yeah, I want to grasp. Why did he call me? Why did he hold me? Why didn't I die in that truck wreck? Why? why? You know, what's he got for me yet? Even at 64, what's he got for us? Lots. But I got to grab what? Pressing on. He may say, do this in addition, do this here, do that. I'm encouraged. We had four times we boosted our, our Wednesday, uh, two Wednesdays and two Sundays. We had over 7,000 views. Okay, what if it's just one word that they get? Ah, I don't like this guy. But, oh, I heard Jesus. Just like the sign up that we have on the side of the hill. You know, what if it's just one word? What if they listen for 10 minutes? When we first did a website, that's why. Take every opportunity, folks. It should be like, like, like week after week. Well, wait a minute. I haven't won anybody to the Lord this week. I haven't brought anybody to church this week. I haven't talked to anybody about Jesus. Oh, next, next week. Amen? Don't, don't push it out. Don't kick the ball down the road. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I've watched a lot of people lately. Three or four times I've heard. One is a pastor. And God sent them back. And this is sobering to me. Because he said, the Lord spoke to him and says, had you died, you would go to hell. And he's like, yeah, but I, I served you. I preached. I did this and that. He says, no, you were a Laodicean Christian. You were lukewarm. You were half-hearted. Your heart wasn't in it. You didn't care. God sent them back. It's a warning to me. I'm going to go all, all in. I want you to go all in. Amen. We got, we got prayer coming up on Wednesday. We, we got a city to, to preach this gospel. The one, remember my mom's legs are saved? Remember somebody's woke up in a coma? That's only the healing aspect. But the joy aspect, all these different things. I'm not playing church. There's several others that were sent back. One was a younger boy. Same thing. He says, I saw the throne of God. Then I th saw people lining up over here to be judged. All the way down to seven-year-old boys and girls. He says, that's the age of accountability. Where you're going to give an account when you stand before the throne of God. 
don't look at me. It's not a heavy message. This, this is an, I'm, I want all of us on that straight and narrow. There is no playing church. There is no playing Christianity. We have time, but the door is closing for repentance. And dealing, God, I mean, it, oh my goodness. There was, there was things that fell down in Mecca that they couldn't even describe what kind of an animal was, but it, it littered the ground. There's judgment going on. The river Nile turned to blood. All these different things. God's Bible is active and the things are working. And so I'm going to be pushing on to the mark of the high calling. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going from here on upward. As a congregation, as an individual, upward. Upward to the mark of the high calling. Amen. Okay, I'm going to just conclude with this. I'm going to read this in Philippians chapter 4. How do we get going? Proverbs chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4. Um, it says, in closing, where do I want to start here? Well, we can start with verse 5. Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness. That includes your tithe. The Bible says don't rob God. That's a very fearful thing to do. All of us are responsible. And guess what? You, when you get involved with God's financial system, he'll bless you back. Amen. But it does say in Malachi, do not steal from me. Do not rob the tithe. And so I, I would be, uh, you know, praying about that situation very seriously. Amen. And do not fret and have anxiety about anything. Verse 6 of chapter 4. Do not fret. Say, I will not fret. I will not think of the last year. Or this is the same letter he's writing. He's concluding now. Okay, what do I tell the Philippian church? Do not fret. Do not have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance, cough, cough jail smell, jailbird, in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. How do we do that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you that I'm healed. Thank you for, uh, you know, that uh, my calling is sure. Thank you, Father God, for that new house, if that's what you're asking God for. Thank you, God, for my family being saved. And the God of peace... A God of peace, say the God of peace, be yours, that tranquil state of the soul. He's writing this here in a jail cell. But when you have God's will and you're in God's will, peace follows. The God of peace of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ so that fearing nothing from God and content with, with um, its uh, earthly lot, whatever sort that is, jail cell today, uh, all supplies tomorrow. That peace which transcends all understanding shall mount garrison uh, and mount guard over your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. For the rest, guys, this is how we're going to leave the service today. Whatsoever is true, the word is true. Whatsoever is worthy, the word is worthy. Jesus is worthy. Think of him. Of reverence and is honorable and seemingly whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is loving and lovable, whatsoever is kind and winsome 
and gracious, if there is any virtue, and excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I, I could spend some time on that, but read it in the King James too. It's very easy. That, that, that gives you no room to go back or no room to go on a side journey of, yeah, but you don't understand. No, Paul understood. I may not understand everything, but even you watching, um, I'm telling you, this is a new year. This is a year to press into God because the enemy and his agents are pressing in to take your children. In fact, I'll tell you this here. I was, uh, we went to a Walmart. I'm looking for all these little toy Dodge trucks that are supposed to be in Walmarts. So if you're, no, don't, don't, I won't say it. It's called M2. They're all authentic looking Dodges. Anyways, we went to a Walmart in, uh, in down in Dallas. And my daughter told me later, says, I don't go to that one anymore. Why not? She says, well, there's a, a, an abduction there. Guy with a gun abducted somebody and it just happened somebody was there with another gun and could stop what was going on. She says, I have two beautiful kids. I mean, this is America. This isn't Russia. This isn't Africa. This is America. She said, we don't go there anymore because it's not safe. Now that, what would I, I, I pray Psalm 91. Stay with the word of God. Stay with the good of God. Understand, God gave you angels. God will surround you with his word. God will, uh, is your front guard and your rear guard. So safety is in salvation. And I could share some of that with her. You know, that yes, she says, oh, well, we got a gun. And, um, and so they're allowed to uh, carry, open carry there in Texas, which we can't do. But, but um, so uh, you, they understand there's danger all around. And so we don't focus on that, but we're not ignorant of his devices. We stay with the word of God. Here in Kelowna. Amen. And if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want to invite you this morning. There is only one name by which you can be saved. His name is Jesus. Nothing else, no other religion will save you. And so... The Bible says, Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Would you pray that prayer with me? Bow your heads. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. You died for my sins. And you rose again from the dead. Your word says... If from a believing heart I confess you with my mouth as I believed in my heart that I shall be saved. Hallelujah. So if you did that this morning, I want you to call us at 250-862. Jesus is the reason for the season that we just celebrated. And Jesus is the only way to the Father. God bless you and have an amazing rest of the day. Amen.
offering time. <laughs> I've got it on. Offering time. Just quickly, just an, to announce again, if you're giving this morning, um, there is a box over there with a V on it to put your donations in there. If you're giving by check and cash. came up with 10 off the top was the tithe. 10 off the top is the tithe. It's really even not ours. It's, it's the Lord's. 10 off the top. And then, um, you know, offering above that, the offering part is where we, we just said this, that's where the blessing won't stop. See, the blessing begins when you give over and above the tithe, where sometimes we think, okay, I gave my 10%, that's it. Actually not. It's, it's what, what, what is the Lord's, actually. But when we give over and above that, sometimes that's a little bit of a squeeze for some of us, right? That's when the blessing will not stop. And you'll see that if, if he says, you know, you've given your tithe and it's like that extra 50 maybe to bring to church to, to place in somebody's hand or, you know, in the grocery store or whatever it is, you watch and see what the Lord will do. It's almost like this year, I double dog dare you to be even a better generous giver than you've ever been before amen and you'll see oh my goodness you'll see what what he'll do for you and it's not that we give to get it is a joy to give and you'll see that when when you get released from that you know from hanging on so tightly to to what you know you make when you learn to do this oh my it's like just get ready get ready some of you're looking at me like i know you don't believe it I double dog dare you. You know, start with $5. Carry $5 with you during the week that you're determined, I'm going to give those $5 to somebody or pay for somebody's coffee that's in the lineup, you know, either in front of you or behind you. Oh, wow. You're, you're going to see some good things. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, this week again, just coming up, there is prayer. Pastor mentioned that already here at uh, 7 o'clock. Bible studies are resuming this week. And then also men, there's men's breakfast uh, coming up on Saturday. And uh, Tim Horton's at the mall. Okay, guys, Tim Horton's at the mall, 9 o'clock. Amen. Well, let's say this together. Amen. Amen. One other thing I'd like to do, you can shut off the camera, but you know what? It's the first Sunday of the year. Can we pray for you guys this morning?